What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, and I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. I'm with Ben Bolin, the video writer. Hey, Scott, I got to say, you are doing an awesome job on these intros. <laughs> and and I don't even think you're, you know, uh, I, I don't think there's a stumble at all. You're, uh, listen, to you're 10 of them, listen to 10 of them in a row. I bet they're all the same. No, you know what, though? Uh, I don't think they are. <laughs> I've, I've thought about it because when I listen to these again, yeah. They all go pretty smoothly until you ask me how I'm doing, and I say something like, super. Yeah. What's going around? What's going around? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Am I being on the time? (laughs) So, yeah, but speaking of what's going around, what's going around the internet today on our show? What's going around today? Uh, Let's see. What we were talking about today is engine swaps. Engine swaps. Engine swaps. That's right. Um, And this is actually, we had a couple of listeners that want to know about engine swaps, or at least... Just hear us talk for a few minutes about engine swaps. Oh, that's right. Can we give them a shout-out before yes. we go? Yes. Um, let's see. I got one here from uh, – oh, boy, this one's from June. June. A long time ago. Um, this one is um, – let's see. It's Mark D. Mark doesn't tell us where he's from or anything, but he said he's been thinking about how engine swaps work, and he just wants to uh, mention that he's seen a few that have worked recently. He's got uh, some same manufacturer – uh, engine swaps listed here. He said there's a Lexus V6 you can put in a Toyota MR2. Wow. Um, an Acura K20 and a Honda hatchback. An SR20 and a Nissan 240SX. A super twin turbo and a four-door Toyota Cressida. Really? And then there's also cross-manufactured engine swaps that he's seen. Um, a Chevy 350 and a Porsche 914, which is that real small boxy Porsche, you know, the real mm-hmm, little one. Mm-hmm. Um, a Mazda 13B rotary and a VW Beetle. And uh, said that he'd just like to hear us talking about these for a while. So, and also, he mentioned that you can also change from an automatic to a manual transmission, and uh, that kind of goes along with what we're talking about. So we'll we'll get to that. And there's one other listener that uh, that also wanted to hear about swaps, and his name is David, and David is from Germany. Awesome. Yeah. Hi, David. Hi, yeah. Mark. And uh, David mentions the Smartuki, 
which sounds funny, I know, but that is a, a bunch of guess. Is it a smart car with a Suzuki engine? See, you knew this already. Yeah, you did. You know what? You know, what am I thinking? You're on the email list. Oh, man. Come on. We uh, both you, know. Nah, you, you, ah, cheater. <laughs> I anyway, did not, so that, you know. I know. That's not cheating. I should have just. It's not cheating. I uh, guess it's not, yeah. Okay, anyway, so this is a, uh, a smart <laughs> car with the, the Hayabusa engine, really, that's, uh, he says, crammed in the back with lots of power. I imagine. And there's also a biodiesel Humvee that he's seen, which, um, anyways, there's another, there's another one's a Beetle that mm-hmm. has a Subaru engine, Subaru engine stuffed in the back. Really? And that one intrigued me enough that I thought about that one for a couple of weeks, uh-huh. <laughs> and then eventually I blogged about it. Yes. So I did this blog. Mm-hmm. And I found video of the uh, of the Volkswagen with the Subaru WRX STI engine uh, crammed in the back, just like he had said. And um, I don't know. I, I sent him kind of another email that said, "Hey, I'm going to mention this today," and I thought he'd be interested in it. And he was. Um, but the video is really cool. It has um, 356 horsepower and 400 foot pounds of torque in a vintage Volkswagen, which is, for the record, not the biggest car. No, not the biggest car, and uh, I don't know what kind of uh, you know effort that was to get those you know, get that engine in there, but I'm sure that it was monumental. Whoever did that knows their stuff. Yeah. So that's basically, crazy. that's what we're talking about yeah. here. And you know, thanks to these two listeners, we'll we'll do mm. this today. Um, really, it's just cramming a giant engine into a car that really, you know, shouldn't have that size engine in it. Kind of taking a page from the six million dollar man, rebuilding your car <laughs> faster, stronger. I like that. Yeah, that's for a good. little less than six million dollars, yeah, hopefully. Well, sometimes, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, a lot less than six million, but uh, it gets up there, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Because you know, if you don't know how to do all this yourself, you're going to be paying for everything, um, and that's one thing that you need to know when, when you do this. And we're not going to. This isn't a how-to or this anything. This is not a how-to. No, this is just. It's out there. This is uh, for some people maybe who hadn't thought about this really. And let's let's go ahead and point out one of the reasons that uh, this cannot be a how-to episode. Uh, really is because how different the operation is for every vehicle with every engine. I mean, we're talking about some heavy, heavy innovation here, you know, drilling holes, oh, re- reworking pure, connections. It's, fa- it's fabrication. It's fabrication. Yeah, it's fabrication. It's heavy. It's heavy work. It's it's very mechanical, of course, very mm-hmm. mechanical intensive. Um, and you got to remember that it's not just taking one out and putting another one in, you know, mm-hmm. if you think it'll fit or... It, Often you're modifying your entire car in order to make the engine fit, or you're modifying parts of the engine to make it fit into the car. Um, you're taking, you know, a radiator and moving it to a different part of your vehicle. Um, but you know, there's dangers with that as well. You know, you don't know how well it's going to cool, and it might destroy the engine. Uh, it might throw off the balance of the car. It might, uh, it might be so heavy that you know your brakes no longer work when you try to stop because you're now suddenly you're able to go. Uh, not that you should. Let's okay. say you're going. Well, you're on a racetrack. All right. And you're going 150 miles an hour. Which is okay because you're on a racetrack. You're on a racetrack, yeah. So you can't, you know, your car won't stop. You have to You have to plan all of this out. You know, suspension won't hold up under the weight of the new engine or the new oh, yeah. new transmission or, or the new axle or whatever you happen to use or happen to install. Um, and, you know, that's a good point, though, is that um, once you do put in a new engine, there's no... You're not going to be able to just bolt it right to your trans- transaxle and have it work, mm. or transmission rather, and have it work. Probably not. Probably not. There, they, they are. There are some, I should say, that have adapter kits that you mm. know, you can buy. That you know, they're known swaps that that work. Sure. Um, and there are adapters that say, like, if you're going to take out this engine and put this engine in, here's an adapter that will work with the transmission that you already have. Um, if you want to go the full, you know, the full nine yards and have 
by the engine transmission everything then then that's even a bigger job and that you have mm-hmm. to fit that into the car um, it, it's a it's an enormous job it takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of time um, but there are, there are ways around this people are making kits that are kind of bolting kits mm-hmm. um, so that it's making it a lot easier you can still have them do the work but it costs a little more um, it's just the, it's understandable though there's, it's there's an unbelievable amount of variety that's possible here I mean anything's possible if you can weld fabricate it to make it work I've got I've got a very quick way that we could summarize the level of difficulty here mm-hmm. and I think you may enjoy it and I hope our listeners do too okay okay the one to ten level Scott where one is hopping into a car <laughs> turning the key and starting it yeah. and ten is building your own oh where would you say building your own car building your own car is ten that's the most difficult hmm well, it's it's got to be way up there, but I don't know yeah. if it's tougher than building your own it's, car. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's an eleven or a twelve. No, no, no. It's 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 a nine or ten. It's it's, it's a, a nine, nine or ten. I yeah, could, I could it's, say it's a nine. It's way up there. Now, if you have all the tools and equipment, you might say that's simple. You know, I, I do this all the time. But um, for someone, you know, someone to attempt this the first time, it's it's going to be a big project. And I just want to say, you know, admittedly, I have never done this. Um, have you ever done anything like this, Scott? I, you know, I've. I've done an engine rebuild where I took it out, rebuilt mm-hmm. it, and put it back in. I've done, I, I've had a swap, I've had a car with a swapped engine, a bigger engine. Cool. Um, but I didn't do the work. I took it to a friend who had a motorsports shop in Detroit nice. um, and had it done. And I'll tell you, that was the, that was the best, fastest. I mean, that was that's a car that I was thinking about today and just kind of daydreaming because it, uh, it was so fun to drive. What was the performance like? Uh, the difference is unbelievable because you're you're going beyond what you could have tuned your original engine, the point you could have tuned your original engine to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're talking about a tremendous increase in power. Um, so you feel it immediately, and as long and if you're doing upgrades along the way with that, even better. Um, so you're you're and that's almost and we should say that that's almost always the goal is that it's more power. It's just a stronger engine. It, it has better characteristics for whatever reason or whatever mm-hmm. purpose you're looking for. Um, another thing that, or another reason that sometimes these are done is for, um, well, just to, to upgrade to a modern engine, something that's more serviceable. Okay. Um, so that, you know, if you have an old, um, boy, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but let's say you have an old, um, I don't know, a Lotus of some kind, but okay. it's not really, maybe it's a kit car Lotus or something like that. And it okay. had an original Lotus engine or something like that. And, um... I, I, you know, personally, I would keep the Lotus engine just for the uh, historic aspect. Oh, but, sure. But some sure. people might want to put a Miata engine in it, or mm-hmm. a, um, um, you know, some or a Mazda rotary engine, I should say, maybe. Um, I don't, I don't know what kind of engine. We're, we're it's wide open. You can put anything you want yeah. in there. So these are two bad examples because I'm just coming up with them off the top of my head. But I don't know. I think those are those are pretty good. Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I think you're all, I think you're also making a good point that um, the one of the reasons this is such a, a varied process is because there there are various reasons that people would do this mm-hmm. we're talking more and, and it sounds like our listeners really were writing in more with questions about upgrading the power as yeah. we had said before and but you can do one-to-one engine switches as well oh sure but that's by necessity normally you wouldn't right. just you wouldn't you wouldn't swap out an engine for the exact same engine if there wasn't something wrong with your engine do you remember how i was telling you about lazarus yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I have that on my notes here somewhere and I missed it. Uh, but okay. yeah, tell me, tell All me right. about okay. Lazarus. And I'll, I'll catch up the listeners. Uh, Scott, you're you're being way too kind because <laughs> I already a, this, bored you with this story. Before. This is a good one. Okay, so so my dad um, was for some time the proud owner of a Kia Sophia, and he drives frequently. He's he is a road dog, so 
we're talking easily thousands of thousands of miles. In, did, you, did you just call your dad a road dog? That's his expression. Okay. I borrowed that. I'm yeah. fine with that then. I think he made it up. Okay. It sounds like an insult. That, that's okay. Yeah, but no, he's cool with it. Okay. And so he rode this, this Kia into the ground, literally, many times, and then he kept fixing it up and uh, kept making these you know little stopgap measurements, like having those conversations where he says, I need new tires, but I don't want to buy the best tires because this isn't the best car, you know? <laughs> yeah. That kind of rationalization. Yeah. And, uh, man, he loved that car. It had been with him across Canada, Mexico, the U.S., and then he uh, ends up finally uh, realizing that the engine is just shot. It's irreparable. The mechan- Even our family mechanic is telling him, look, I'll give you this much money for the scrap metal and some of the pieces, and... Instead, he gets an engine swap and has a new engine put in and decides that the car will forever have to be known as Lazarus. And that is, that's the name of this car, and he drove it for another eight, more than 80,000 miles. Wow. And then finally, Lazarus died again, and my mother forced him to buy a, different, a new car clever Lazarus back from the dead yeah he, well I guess he could have he could have bought a new car for the record yeah he yeah. just was into this Kia well sure I mean we talked about that too is like why would he do that um probably the reason is that he knows every inch of that car and he was he was comfortable with that vehicle and so for a lot of people who get engine swaps um some may make the, that decision out of necessity because they're very comfortable with the vehicle yeah. some may want the power upgrade but already also know everything about their vehicle you know they don't want to trade in the lotus well in, the in, your, in your dad's case that was a comfort issue because he, he was comfortable with that he didn't he didn't put a corvette engine in the uh Kia. No, no so no, he he, he wasn't trying to upgrade the power he wasn't trying yeah. to do something crazy like that and there's a lot of examples of, of cars that are like that that you know have um you know a fiero with a v8 engine that's mm-hmm. uh, i think I've, i think i saw that called an archie kit at one point i know we've got fiero <laughs> fans in the uh, in the listening audience yeah. so they'll tell us um but they're I mean, I, I went to um, a website called the Engine Swap Depot, mm-hmm. and they had just a list of some of their project cars there. And there's a few here that I thought I'd mention. Oh, um, I love this, a list. Yeah, short list. Uh-huh. Promise. Um, well, of course, there's a V8 powered Fiero that I mentioned. There's a BMW with a super engine, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there is a V8 powered Miata, a turbo diesel powered Cadillac, a Corvette powered pickup truck. And then here's this one might be my favorite. Okay. There was a rusty old pickup truck, a 1956 Ford F-150 pickup truck. Oh, nice. Viper engine. How? Why? How, well, Those how are... is uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly how? But it was it was crammed into there, of course. How I mean, did it they was, do that? Well, that's a guy that can weld. That you're right. A guy you're or girl, exactly I should right. say. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. It's a guy or girl that can weld and can weld well. Weld well. That's right. Yeah, that's that's fabrication. That's uh, that's what yeah. that can do for you. But um, and I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just the engine. There's got to be. Cause, oh right. Because that engine, there's no way that that transmission from that 1956 Mm-mm. Ford would be able to stand up to the kind of power that 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 puts out. And then of course, then you've got suspension upgrades and there's everything else. But it did have this rusty old body on it and it looked really cool. But um, again, that's at the uh, the engine swap depot, and I'm not promoting them or anything. I'm just right. saying if you want to see this particular truck check it out because um it's interesting it's really cool to see it you, you'd have no idea that that engine was in there that's gotta be one hell of a surprise yeah. on the road yeah. you know you're right sleeper that's what they call that right sleeper yeah it's yeah. a sleeper that yep. qualifies yeah so there's there's just an unlimited 
uh, amount of possibilities that you can do here. Anything that you can dream up, as long as somebody can can do it, it can weld and put this thing in place, and and it's as long as it's physically possible to, to cram that engine in there, you can do that. And there's some good news. We can also say, when uh, for our listeners, when Scott's saying you can do that, one of the things we mean is that it is street legal. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you could. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about how titling goes or anything like that after right. that point, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you, as long as you build it to be street legal with the right, um, you know, the right emissions and you mm-hmm. know, everything else, and as long as it still has lights and yeah. um, still operates like a normal vehicle would, um, yeah, I mean, build it to your local, I don't know, lo- local regulations. <laughs> I don't know. You caught me there. I don't know. No, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, just... Or you could build a race car. Just, I mean, that, yeah. that V8-powered uh, Miata, rather. I saw that. That was on a race course, but um, mm-hmm. as a race car. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of fun to drive. Yes, it does. <laughs> I, I've got to tell you, though, uh, I know that the Viper pickup wouldn't mm-hmm. be the fastest out of these modifications mm-hmm. and swaps, but uh, I think it might be my favorite. It might be, yeah, because you got that cool style of that older yeah. pickup truck, and you got this modern power. Mm-hmm. Um, modern, well, I'll say reliable, but I don't know. <laughs> can, <laughs> it's a I, race yeah, engine. Can you imagine the, I mean, that, that must have been so much work just to get the rest of that car up to the engine standards oh yeah? sure yeah. yeah i mean again this is such a, a huge job really mm-hmm. when you when you think about what this and what this t- takes to do this um for most of us some some people will be able to do it in a weekend mm-hmm. uh, you know once you get good at this type of thing um but the the level of completeness the uh um, depends on how much how much uh, equipment you already have um you know if you're what you're able to do and it's also relatively costly i mean it's expensive to buy an engine a you know a race engine or just a, a complete engine that's uh you know something worthy of putting back in your car and then you have to have the know-how um to be able to do this and and that's not something that's really all that easy especially when you're you know, you've got something that that's foreign to that engine compartment. You know, you bring it in, and, right. and not everything matches up to where it should be. You need to extend certain things. You need to uh, you need to figure out where everything goes and how to route everything. Um, it, there's a lot more to it than than what you might even think. Even as much as you can think of, there's there's still more. Yeah, I think this qualifies as a MacGyver move, and the main advantage <laughs> the main advantage yeah. for anyone trying trying to do an engine swap is that you have the ability to plan it beforehand you have the ability to do your homework i mean because no matter how much you know i'm sure that there is somebody who has actually done an engine swap um requiring this kind of level of skill who can tell you of the unpleasant surprises they found along the way I'm yeah sure. they can uh, you can learn from their lessons really definitely and, I mean, it's always good to talk to somebody about this stuff ahead of time mm-hmm. um there's always going to be an expert on you know the, in that engine that transmission um and just modification or in welding or whatever mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter what you're doing um there's somebody that can help you out you know somebody who's an expert in wiring because uh you forget about all the wiring that goes in, into something like this or, or all the uh the routing of the piping yeah um and what types of of materials to use and um just balance and weight and um just there's so many different things you have to consider you know i really enjoy doing uh response episodes to listener mail yeah i do too yeah i do too this one's been fun this is a this is a neat one to look at because i, I gotta look at a lot of vehicles that um kind mm-hmm. of fantasy type vehicles like we're talking about you know with these yeah. these enormous engines crammed into the engine bay it was a lot of fun and you know what speaking of uh listeners i've got a little more listener mail if you want to check it out i'd love to do that okay just uh we've got two here um vicente right 
Vicente, I'm sorry, uh, writes in, and he's in California now, but he says he's originally from Spain. Uh, he says he's a longtime listener of the show, and he really loves it, so thank you. Um, he also says that he disagrees with our comments about high-speed trains being potentially unsafe, and he points out that when he's in Spain, um, he rides a system called the AVE, the Alta, excuse me, the Alta Velocidad Española, and it's been working since 1992. Not only has it never had any incidents, Scott, it's so efficient that you get half your money back if the train's between 15 and 30 minutes late. What? Wait for it. Just like Domino's, it's free if it's over 30 minutes late. Really? Yes. Free if it's over 30 minutes late? You get your money back. So you're telling me if a, a, a herd of wildebeest wander across the, uh, the track and they've got to stop for 30 minutes. Yep. Free. Yep. Free trip. Mm-hmm. Free trip across country. You know, I think before you plan on the money you'll save by bringing a herd of wildebeest, <laughs> you should also factor in the expense. <laughs> but uh, I like yeah. the way you're thinking. Yeah. I like well, it's something. I mean, I'm not, I'm not planning. I'm just saying yeah. that's un- that's unbelievable. So, yeah, I really love that uh, that statistic there. And he also pointed out that every time he visits Spain, he rides these trains again. They're reliable. They're very pleasant. And he he doesn't see a reason why states like California with a size and landscape similar to Spain's don't already have this this kind of rail system. So uh, right from uh, a first-hand witness, Hmm. we have have somebody telling us these these trains are pretty safe. Maybe giraffes. Maybe giraffes. giraffes. What if giraffes went across the track? I guess it may take... They're they're pretty slow-moving. I've watched them at the zoo. Mm -hmm. That's a whole whole different ball. Sloths. Sloths. You yeah. know what? That would be guaranteed thirty yeah. minutes. Sorry, I'm making light of this, but you know, I'm I'm still amazed by that thirty minutes of free. Thing. That's amazing. And, and ha- you said half your money back if it's with fifteen, 15 to minute? twenty minutes. That's or fifteen to thirty rather. I wonder how often they pay that. Probably not very often because probably that's a, not. It's yeah, full train load of people, half their money back. Hardly makes it worth the trip. Right. So hmm. they, they've got that. Well, he knows. Out. I mean, he's got experience. I don't. And he's saying it's on time and it's safe, so, okay. And one more that we want to get to, it's a really short one. Uh, Thomas writes in, and he says, uh, I was just wondering how much of a delay is there between you guys recording podcasts and releasing them? I think that's a pretty good question. And so we should say we've got, you know, we take care to try to make sure that this sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, thanks for writing in. Um, the, it can depend on the, uh, on the episodes we release, you know. Mm-hmm. We try to... We try to be mindful of timing if there's a really big event in the automotive world coming up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also we try to, we get a lot of listener mail and we always try to get back to everyone. It might take us a second sometimes. I'm, I'm smirking over here because uh, sometimes I sit in my email box for just a little while. I get, but I do get to them all, or Ben gets to them all. Um, so, Keep sending them in. We we do get to them. You know, don't think we've forgotten about you. We'll, we'll get back. Um, I promise. And we also have a blog. And we do. We do. That's have right. One. Yeah, blog on the homepage. So um, and check out the blog and uh, there's a little bit of back and forth on the blog as well. So um, check it out. It's 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 worth reading every day. And thanks for checking us out today. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you would like to write us with a future uh, suggestion for a topic, then please don't hesitate to do so. Our email address is highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 